Welcome back to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke, I'm your host, and this is episode number 42. 42. 42. What's going on, Lauren? Not a whole lot, Brooke. How are you doing, man? You know what? I'm good. I'm good. We had a good day yesterday. Um, we're not going to go forever long today because we have an interview uh, that you did. Um, with uh, with Pastor Ronnie from One Life and Pastor YB from Unity, and uh, you guys talked about uh, uh, so just just the different dom- denominations, um, just the experience as we partnered together for uh, for the Thanksgiving thing at Market Street, and kind of the hope for the city. So um, definitely look forward to that. You can you know fast forward through Lauren and I talking about whatever, or speed us up and <laughs> listen, listen to us like chipmunks, whatever. In all seriousness, I, my guess is that our listeners are going to either really enjoy that that <laughs> conversation with three pastors, and just if you're fascinated at all by church differences, uh, by a shared heart for the city, um, I think you'll really enjoy. I know you'll like uh, Ronnie and YB both, um, and then there may be some other folks that are like, oh, three pastors talking for half an hour, I'll pass. <laughs> But that's really the heart of our, our episode this week. Um, we didn't have a teaching yesterday. I'd love to catch up a little bit with you, Brooke. Um, but, uh, man, yesterday was good. The weather yesterday yeah. was, I call it San Diego. That's what I call it. Okay. The previous Sunday when we had the backyard bash outside, mm-hmm. that was also San Diego. San Diego. Like, I don't know what the opposite extreme is. Um, well, it was a little, I mean, it was a little chilly in the, in the morning with the wind. And then by the time the sun oh, comes out, it was just beautiful. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Both, I mean, both weekends and, and, and I mean, we have had, we've done these things for, for years, whether it's a, a trunk or treat or, um, you know, Thanksgiving stuff or just, you know, backyard bash kind of things, food trucks or whatever. We've done all those things, but sometimes, man, it's like that weather. Like I think about, uh, I think about some. Uh, some it was a, it was probably three years ago when we were distributing the turkeys, distributing the the Thanksgiving dinners to people that were all lined up and everything, and it was like spitting rain and it was cold, and I like literally was like bundled up and pushing a coffee cart around to all of the people that were serving that day, just trying to keep like we had coffee and hot chocolate, and we're just trying to keep people warm and dry, and and you know it's just like sometimes it it, it just totally works out and uh, it totally redeems itself <laughs> it really was it really was good to be outside and be with people it was fun yeah yeah it was so I, I'm curious uh, you know before we really dive into the meat and get to the interview here in a little bit what does as we embark we started our Thanksgiving stuff um, we're announcing a couple other things this weekend that are coming towards uh, towards the holidays and some ways that we're uh, reaching out and giving back Um I'm curious from you, Lauren, what do, what do holidays look like for you? Do you guys have traditions? What, what does your family do? Is it family tradition? Do you guys do specific things? Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's? What does is, what is the next couple months look like for your family? Uh, I, that's a good question. I think because uh, we're not from around these parts. Okay. Uh, because uh, we have family, um, thankfully not too far away. I know some, some folks have family all over the country, maybe even different parts of the world. Our family's all over Texas, uh, largely couple hours east of here is uh, my parents and my sister's family. And then my brother's family and pretty much my entire wife's side of the family is down College Station, Houston area. So our, we, we, I'll, I'll bet a lot of families kind of have the rhythm every year mm-hmm. of doing one or two big trips. We have a rhythm. 
of Thanksgiving or Christmas, staying close to home, one of those, maybe going a couple hours east of here to visit. Uh, and then the other big holiday between Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, we will go down to Houston uh, or somewhere down there for several days, if not a week. So that's, that's kind of our big rhythm. I'm also married to a teacher. So something unique about my family is my wife and my kids all get a couple weeks off. Yeah. If I plan it right as a pastor, <laughs> I can get at least a week. Yeah. So I think a lot of people don't have that freedom, you know, with their jobs. Mm-hmm. We've got the freedom every Christmas holidays uh, and even Thanksgiving, even though we work on the weekends, you know, as pastors, uh, we can easily get midweek through through Saturday off every year for Thanksgiving. Uh, again, something I hope I don't take for granted. So this Thanksgiving, we're going to stay close to home and uh, do Thanksgiving uh, just right down the road, a couple hours from here, and be back all in a day. Uh, Christmas, we will be gone for a good week, week and a half. Yeah. Hey, one quick cool thing, yes. Jones family. My grandpa, who passed away about 15, 16 years ago, he would have been 100 this coming January 2nd. And so I love that my Jones side of the family is call, we're calling it Doc's 100th. He was, his, his nickname was Doc. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so it is an excuse for a ton of extended family to come together. We're going to meet down in the Hill Country at this bed and breakfast that I don't know how many people are coming, but I'm going to guess 40 or 50 Joneses will be there. Hmm. A lot of cousins and nieces and nephews. And, um, and so our Christmas will be a few days with just family and then um, that special Doc's 100th for a couple days. So well, that's fun. I know. Cool. I grew up with those kind of extended family things all the time. And I guess part of getting older and, and frankly, grandparents dying. Um, yeah. All four of my grandparents have, have passed away. We just don't get together with all the nieces and nephews and cousins and stuff yeah. like we did when I was a kid. Right. You know? And so it's special to do this. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Because you've got family, uh, for the most part, in Oklahoma, some in the Dallas area. Man, my family is all over the place. Like, I was just just thinking, like, I grew up going to those kind of, you know, family reunions and and things like that, like, um, mostly on my dad's side. And, and, uh, you know, there was people that I didn't recognize or could not tell you their names and all that kind of thing. It was like all of the extended family. And so we would do those things all the time. But then... Like my dad's brothers, they they kind of all moved all over the place. Um, one one lives up in Kansas. One lives out in, uh, um, I think they're in in uh, in Washington, um, and uh, and then and then my family kind of did the same thing. They kind of just went all over the place. You know, we we live here in Wichita Falls. My sister lives uh, my sister lives over around Dallas area. My brother is in he's uh, like north of. Um, of New York City, they they just found a little place out in the middle of nowhere, which they love, and that's cool. And uh, and my sister's in Chicago, and my parents lived wow. in Alaska for a while, so it's like literally all, all over, over the place, place right? Yeah. So, and then my and then my uh, my in laws are are in Oklahoma, and but they are they have done more of like you know their family is nearby, so for Thanksgiving they have the ability to bring everybody you know as many people as possible together, and and so when my family was in Oklahoma, we tried to do we tried to like like you know draw that or, or, you know, walk that fine line between like, let's not upset one side because we're spending more time over here. And so we would kind of drive back and forth and it was, it was just exhausting. <laughs> it was so tiring. And it wasn't because it was family or anything. Like it was literally just like so much time in the car and it was like, ah, and the kids were tired and they didn't travel well. And so we just kind of got out of all of that stuff. And so now we're trying to 
trying to kind of go back to we just pick a side of the family for Thanksgiving and then we go the other direction for Christmas yeah. and we have our own you know family traditions or whatever that that we do around the house like our our kids get gifts for each other and they give them on Christmas Eve and um and uh you know some of that stuff but uh but yeah you know so I, I get it but then but then everybody scattered and our family is literally all over the place so now it's like now it is like a big ordeal in order to get everybody back and it tends to be a you know, a funeral at this point. And, uh, you know, my dad is actually, um, I think the last, last weekend, um, yeah, they gave me, uh, I got, I got to go to a football game because they couldn't go and they had tickets to it. And, um, because they were in, um, I think in Tulsa, Tulsa or Oklahoma city, something like that with a big family gathering from my dad's side and they hadn't done it forever. And the, his brothers all flew in and, you know, and then everybody has kids and your kids had those kids have kids and, and so then you just, you know, plane tickets are expensive. <laughs> yeah. I love you guys and I'd love to come see you and I've never met your kids before, but I can't afford to. So <laughs> sorry. Just going to have to be friends on Facebook for now, but I don't know. So yeah, but I was, I was curious what your, uh, what your traditions look like. And, uh, do you guys, do you guys do, um, uh, big family Christmas or, 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 uh, you know, big meals together, or is it just spending time together and watching Christmas movies or playing football or watching football on, th- on Thanksgiving. Food's always a big deal for sure. Uh, inevitably football is a big deal. Um, even, even on my wife's side of the family where football wasn't King, like it was so much on the Jones side. Uh, it seems like it's just American culture. It's on the TV. Yeah. Right. You know, um, it's Thanksgiving. So we're supposed to watch football, yeah, right? especially Thanksgiving, even more than Christmas, but Christmas, you got those terrible bowl games on and <laughs> with, all the, these, the, the, the directional uh, schools. The right, the, the yay, you made it to a bowl game. <laughs> you went six and six, and you get to be in a bowl game. <laughs> um, we flipped the coin, and you made it. You know, I, I will say a couple things come to mind. One is uh, it's, it's amazing how Christmas and Thanksgiving change as we get older. Uh, when we were younger, it was all about seeing my cousins and grandparents and mm-hmm. all that and getting gifts. And as an older guy, as a dad... It's really more about, I just want to hang out. I want to have conversations with people I haven't seen. And then frankly, um, you know, with my brother losing his wife recently, it's another reminder that holidays can be really hard. Yeah. Uh, I think for some of our listeners, for sure, um, I'm learning, I think, better to be just more sensitive. It's not just a fun time. Yeah. It's not just a meaningful time for us as Christians. Right. uh, To celebrate. It's it's been so special with people we love mm-hmm. in the past. And when we don't get to do that anymore or when it's very different, Oh, we used to always go to such, such place. And mm-hmm. now we don't cause they're gone. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So, um, one update, my brother, uh, just participated last week, uh, because he lost his wife recently, he got invited to, uh, I forgot what it's called, but it's, it's through the grief share ministry, similar to what we have here at colonial. It's, it's grieving, uh, learning to grieve through the holidays or mm. it's like a one-time thing they do that I don't know if it's part of our grief share study that, that they kind of culminate with maybe, or it's something totally separate, but it was just a, this is new. How do you navigate, yeah. you know, being a dad for your kids during the holidays for the first time without your right. wife? How do you, how do you grieve yourself? How mm-hmm. do you prepare to be with a bunch of family members who are going to say all the wrong things? <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. um, how do you, 
know what to say to other people that are grieving and what not to say. And yeah, he said it was, I thought this was insightful. He said it was a room I did not want to be in. It was a club I did not want to be a part of. Yeah. But it was really good. But I needed it. Because it was really helpful. Hmm. And I think, and one of the reasons he was even telling me is they taught him, you need to tell your close family members kind of how to help you. Hmm. Like, hey, could you make sure you don't, say yeah. this let's not talk you, about this right or now. can and one of the things he said is can can you can you make sure you don't avoid saying my wife's name mm. the whole time we're together can you like every once in a while just it's okay say, to talk about her man i wish she was here yeah like, that's what i'm thinking just yeah. say it yeah you know yeah um so i say that not because here on our podcast we're going to give lessons on how to <laughs> grieve well or how to grieve over the holidays but i will right. say to all your our listeners grief share is a valuable ministry that we have here at Colonial. I know several other churches in our city have it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even just grieving through the holidays that are coming up, that need alone is something well worth exploring. Uh, reach out to us, podcast at colonialchurch.com, whether it's a question about that or even, hey, give me some direction. You mentioned grief share ministry. You mentioned grieving through the holidays. We'd love to give you some resources in that regard as well. Sorry, that was a little bit of a rabbit trail, but related to the holidays. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, I think about, you know, my, um, my mom's mom, my grandma on my mom's side, she passed away on Thanksgiving day, um, a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, it was the culmination of, uh, dementia and cancer and, um, you know, the last couple years, just a struggle. And, and so it was, it's, it's, uh, you know, I obviously I can't I can't speak for my mom, but I think I think just watching her the last you know just last year you know with the kids running around and everything being crazy and cooking dinner and doing all those things that it was, um, it was it was good to remember, it was good to remember our grandma. Mm. You know, it was good to remember Dodie, and it was good to remember the things that she that, you know the fun that she brought and the jokes and the craziness, and mm. at the same time realize that this is still painful and. Um, but that having family around is a good thing, you yeah. know, not dodging, not dodging the subject, not dodging the the person that's grieving the most or whatever, but mm. just being a part of it. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of Thanksgiving, we did, uh, we, we went to Market Street this week yes, to, we did. to, uh, to go. So I thought I'd give us an update as we start to kind of dive into this. And, Love it. I want to hear it as much as anybody else. I don't know yeah, what, and, and what so it looks like. Even, even when, uh, w- when we get to the interview, you guys talk about, um, you know, Thanksgiving and the experience from, from their different perspectives, that kind of thing. So basically with the three churches, Colonial and uh, Unity and One Life, um, we all came together. Our goal was to get to 500 bags um, from the store. Can we do a drum roll on the podcast? Sure. Go for know, it. I don't know how. We'll do it. Do it. That's, 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 Did I not uh, lead with, I don't know how? Yeah, well, then you went for it anyway, and I you love it. You said to do it. it. I thought you were serious. <laughs> what else you got? Keep going. Give me another. Give me another. Ver- I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> so our goal was 500 bags, and that uh, that basically provides um, that many meals, uh, mostly over Thanksgiving and and some over, over Christmas as well. When we uh, when we have enough, but uh, so we walked away from the store with 450 bags and a couple of other people that came up and said we got the rest. So 
Um, so we easily hit our goal of 500 bags and uh, all three churches. Everybody that came out was a part of that. Um, awesome. Great job. You guys are awesome because because it's not just because we hit a goal, right? It's not because we had, ooh, let's let's get a, uh, you know, a lot of families. 500 bags. It's, that's the point. So cool. Right? So there's a ton of families. So I, I, I kind of just created a list and just wanted to say, all right, here, here's where all of this is going, right? So obviously there's families. Um the uh, you know we we have here at Colonial we have our food pantry and a lot of the clients that come to the food pantry, they sign up for this so there's a whole bunch going there. Um, there's uh, there's there's group homes that are getting turkeys, um, that are getting meals. Uh, there are uh, elementary schools, Kirby, Burgess, Crockett, Haynes are all getting are yes. all getting meals. Yes. Uh, the Hope Center is getting some. Oh Casa is taking oh some. The center, formerly the Pregnancy Hope Center. Uh, they are getting some. Phased In is getting some. Faith Refuge is getting some stuff. There's a life skills class that's getting some. So, like these these meals are going literally all over the place. Can I and be honest? Not just, I didn't even realize the scope of what. That's why I wanted to give you a list. Like yes, that's why it's that's fun. So it's, fun. That's what's different. It's not like hey, here's a number with two zeros behind it, and this is that how many bags we got. A lot of, and not right. just nameless, faceless people who are in very general terms in need, but these are people that these particular ministries. And these particular schools have relationships with and know, oh, they need help. Oh, yes. they really need this meal. Yes. Oh, they really need this encouragement. Mm-hmm. And we are just providing the stuff. Right. But the, we're empowering these right. boots on the ground, so to speak. Oh, that's so cool, bro. Yeah, in the same way we've talked about, you know, when we've done Angel Tree and Christmas stuff in the past, like, yay, we could take credit for, you know, some of this stuff or try to get credit for it. But ultimately, when we can provide this stuff and the people that are in their lives are the ones that are... Um, being the ones to be able to give it, just like you're saying, you know, when when a counselor at um, at, at at Crockett or Burgess or Kirby can say, okay, here is a turkey, and sure, maybe they say it's a church provided or whatever. I I don't know. That's that's up to them. But they get to be the ones that say, look, I, I know you need this, and so we wanted to make sure that you got taken care of because they know the kids, they know the families, and um, and I think it's great. So. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm really excited about about the you know there's there's schools and recovery centers and uh, addiction places and foster care so and cool. all that that's that's uh, that that are being taken care of. So can I can I just give you some kudos real quick? You you have taken a big shift in. He just rolled his eyes at me. <laughs> um, you have taken a big shift uh, in your job description and. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty excited about you came here to colonial as our worship pastor worship director creative arts creative arts yeah but you you literally were on stage with a guitar i was early on yeah tanner and and i basically swapped sundays yes you swapped sundays with tanner yeah i'll bet a ton of people don't know that i can't picture it because it was way before (laughs) my time i can't anymore either (laughs) so it's, it's cool but even then when you stopped leading us in worship on stage you have been so uh involved in worship and creative elements of our Sunday mornings and at the movies and uh, technology and then morphed into this utility infielder designated hitter middle reliever <laughs> I don't know what whatever you baseball need, cliches yeah. but um, specifically your heart is for people who don't go to church people who are who don't know Jesus people who don't have what so many of us have hurting people mm-hmm. broken people and you've been less and less excited about 
stuff you used to do. Yeah. And more and more excited about really ministering to lost and least of these folks. And we got excited about shifting your job description. And then the pandemic came yeah. and you got sucked <laughs> back right. into how do we do church online? Uh, and, everything changes and, again. And all of that to say, I think we are just scratching the surface coming out of the pandemic now, finally, and getting back to regular rhythms with our church ministry, where you are spending more of your energy helping our smaller our groups find ways to serve. Mm. Um, building relationships with other church leaders in town, other ministry leaders in town, other school leaders in town. And I think what's just happened here and the list you just gave us is like, it's just a little picture. Were we doing that kind of stuff before? Yeah. But I think our connection with these ministries and agencies and, and what could be moving forward is just opening up. And Mm. so I just want to celebrate that Mm. um, because so much of your job is not evident with, okay, how many butts are in the seats on a Sunday or what momentum do we have in this way or that way as a church? And it's much more about you empowering other people and you resourcing (laughs) other ministries. And so that's a long way of saying way to go, man. I'm excited. I do get to, uh, I do get to ask, uh, I get to ask for money a lot. You do get to ask for money, and you take you take <laughs> no really well, you know, yeah, but mostly like that. mostly mostly. And then I find another way. Well, I mean, y- you talked about it. You talked about on uh, on Sunday. You read from uh, you know Matthew twenty five and the that that least of these passage, and um, you know I tend to uh, take that very broadly, and I think there's so many times that the people that we see around us. Uh, could qualify in that way, you know, and yeah. how many times do we qualify as the least of these in our yeah. own minds right. or, or when maybe we've convinced ourselves that we don't, but we still do. And, you know, we, we, we strap um, poverty or, or, you know, lack of money or lack of things to that all the time. And, but there's so many times, there's so many places that the church, um, you know, breezes past something or, or doesn't see something or, or when, you know, it just, there's so many ways that we, that we don't see people. And, uh, so that's what I think is fun is that just getting to do that. So yeah, it, it was a big switch going from, you know, I spent probably the first 12 years of my career in church was leading worship and up on stage and, uh, singing songs and playing the guitar and picking the music that we were going to do and all that kind of stuff. And, and even did it here at Colonial for a couple of years. And, and, uh, um, now to the point that I actually sold that guitar and, uh, I haven't played guitar in, I, I don't know how long because my priorities changed and the things that were, you know, I, I think it was, a lot of it was coming to, um, coming to more of an understanding of, of, uh, what my heart and passion was and what mm. God was, what God was, was doing in my heart and showing me and teaching me rather than the, uh, the mold that, um, I always felt like was what I was supposed to fit in. Yeah. So yeah, that's what's, that's, what's fun is that the mold is, uh, different <laughs> and that's okay. So love it. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Well, we have an interview to get to. So, do you need a drum roll for the interview? Yeah, please. How many? I want, I want different drum roll. You already did two and a siren. I was bluffing this time. I now have, you're ready. I have already exposed my let's lack see, of was sound effects. Dugga, 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 dugga. Was that, that was the first one, right? That was lame. <laughs> Mine was so good compared to that. <laughs> 
Oh, Lord. Let's get ready to rumble. We have derailed. This has been the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information from Colonial at colonialchurch.com or from our app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. We love to hear from you, so send us your questions or your feedback to podcast at colonialchurch.com. Thanks for listening. We will pick up the conversation again next week. And for now, let's get to our conversation with Pastor Ronnie and Pastor YB. Here we are with a couple of my favorite guys in the city, two pastors from two other churches. <laughs> we got David Youngblood, a.k.a. YB. What's good? So good to have you back. You were uh, on our podcast, uh, was it last March, I think, February? It, it was a while ago. It was a long time ago, I feels feel like, like now. Feel you feel like you didn't want me back because I haven't been back in a while. <laughs> <laughs> not true, not true. Uh, you have gifted us with a couple interviews before, so thanks for being back, YB. Awesome. Glad to be here. Also here with the Ronnie Whitfield, uh, a good dude who used to be on Colonial staff back in the day. Now you're leading One Life Church, but what? tell us when you were on Colonial staff. Oh, it's been so long. It's been a minute. Probably back in 2000. Three-ish. Oh my goodness. Wow. 2002, 2003, until close. <laughs> just gone through puberty. So they, they, they hired me. Um, In all seriousness, you were our student ministry student pastor, pastor and then uh, associate pastor for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, ended up planting One Life Community Church right at probably 10 years ago. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, actually, about, 11. Yeah. So you celebrated your 10th birthday already yeah have they a big... just go they're like my birthdays it's just like just next one next one yeah love yeah it. so it's been a little over 10 years love it so unity church with yb one life church with ronnie um colonial church as well it's been really fun today we're, we're recording this interview just a couple hours after our uh partnered what would you call this serve serve project we did today just to all bring our people to market street grocery store and Last I heard, I think we had almost hit our goal when awesome. I left. We were in the 400s. Oh, man. And so I awesome. think all signs yeah. point to hitting that 500 meal goal, uh, which is amazing. Awesome. I love that. Awesome. That's a lot of families. Yeah. A lot of families that we're able to bless. So, and so easily. Um, well, I, I want to hear a little more about each of your churches. I want to hear a little more about um, your experience today uh, and maybe even talk about our city a little bit together. Um, so first of all, um, we'll start with you, Ronnie. Tell us a little bit about One Life. It, it's you said it's eleven years old, give or take. You guys meet downtown. Um, what's unique about One Life Community Church? What, what what's unique about y'all in a in a city with two hundred and fifty plus churches? I think for us um, and for me, it's always been about our lives every day mm. and how we live every day, and so. Being able to be a disciple of Jesus in my everyday life, mm. where I'm working, mm. where I'm going to school, in my own home, um, how am I how am I following Him? Mm. Uh, versus just a background for me, um, church background. You know, a lot of times it's uh, Sunday is the time we follow Jesus mm. into a place and listen and learn. And then outside of that, you know, not a whole lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so for me, that's what it's about and uh, about 
really everyday people um, just knowing their their gifting and um, and then using that and really looking to make disciples who make disciples. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's... I don't know if that's any different than any other church. I think for, for me, it's it's not about a place or me. Um, like, we have other guys that teach regularly. We always have mm-hmm. for yeah. 10 years. Yeah. And so... You, you definitely uh, take a, a strong team teaching approach. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So, um, I just... I don't know. I just believe... I, I know who I was um, before I gave my life to Jesus, and so I just believe that He can do anything with anyone's life. Love it. So, love it. Love it. What's what's what? I will ask this other particular question. I'm curious about. We could all tell our stories. What's it been like this last year and a half, just in the pandemic and political <laughs> season and all kinds of crazy stuff like vaccines and masks and. Oh, you had a lot of fun, Ronnie. It's been as great. A pastor. Uh, yeah. Um, this week, how long do we have <laughs> to talk? <laughs> wow. Just, uh, we, we talk about this a lot, uh, with our leadership and we're actually going to talk w- with our church, kind of have like a family meeting here in the next couple of weeks, uh, because I don't think we were all prepared for the after effects of this Ooh. and how it is just lingering. Um, and so just brokenness, um, sickness with COVID, um, death, uh, division, um, and then just brokenness and human sinfulness all around. Yeah. And uh, so I think it, it takes some really... Uh, some of the core things that we go back to, uh, we try to point people to scripture, prayer, silence and solitude mm. and being able to reflect um, because I feel like we have to process our own hurt and pain. And uh, it's, it's hard when there's so much going on around us. Mm. Um, heard somebody one time say that uh, life in ministry is a series of ungrieved losses and pain mm. and uh it's it is i mean it is um there's there's also a lot of good and i think that's that's where i am right now of like acknowledging everything that we've gone through but then also pointing people to jesus that like he's coming back and this is not it here mm. and so um yeah yeah it's been it's been hard but i think uh i, I think that's why we need each other mm. Yeah, yeah, I've got. That's one of my first thoughts as you say that is, even sitting at a table with you guys talking. I just that's why I, I want I need to spend time with guys like y'all to both to, <laughs> if I can be this honest, both to commiserate just the difficulties, the challenges, the setbacks, but also to spur each other on, you know, and remind each other what's true and uh, what he promises. Yeah, well, I I haven't said this. Uh, on the podcast about you, Ronnie, because we haven't had you on, but you're one of my favorite guys in the city. I mean that. And you've you've been a blessing to me personally in my first three years here. We've had a lot of coffee together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, prayed together and talked together. And um, uh, I think a lot of our people don't realize maybe how connected you and I are. Uh, right. Just being two different churches, you know, here in town. But I appreciate you. Uh, yeah. It's been fun. Before we talk a little bit about partnering today... 
want to hear from you, YB. Yeah. Um, just talk to some of the folks that don't know you. We've got some people that, that feel like they know you now and call you <laughs> friend, but, but, but for the folks that don't know you, don't know Unity Church, what's, what's unique about Unity Church? <clears throat> I learned this last time. I'll try to say it right. You guys are a Church of God in Christ church. Yes. Did I say that right? You did. You did. You which which in short lingo, as I've said to some friends, a black Pentecostal church. Yes. Is that fair a fair That's a hundred percent label? Okay. That is a hundred percent. What does that mean, YB? Well who are, um, who are you guys, man? The <clears throat> the I don't want to say misconception, but the thought is is that when you think of Pentecostal, you think of spooky. You think of, some people do probably yeah yeah you, you think of uh, just charismatic uh, people just running all over the place just doing a whole bunch of stuff just hollering and screaming and just blah 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 you know all the speaking in tongues and all of the works of the of the spirit that people try to make you know church out to be or worship out to be but actually what it simply means is that we believe that. On the day of Pentecost, there was a New Testament church that was developed, which is the Christian church that was moved. But from that day forward, the acts of the Spirit were not diminished. They actually have been carried forward. Mm. <clears throat> and so when you look at um, prophetic, uh, uh, the prophetic move of God, which is still active, uh, we believe that. We believe in the move of the Holy Spirit from by that way of speaking in tongues as the Spirit uh, gives utterance, meaning not when we want to, not how we want to, but as God uh, God ordains it so. Uh, now, that can be taken all kinds of different ways, but if you take it in context, that means as long as it's edifying to the body, that's when it's utilized, not just when you want to just do. Um, and so the thought, pro- the 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 premise behind it all of it is to carry forward that those acts from the Book of Acts that started in Acts two on forward, and they continue going forward. Mm. That's all that means. Uh, uh, Pentecostals sometimes get a bad rap. Sometimes it gets a a crazy rap, but it's basically just not limiting God uh, to just uh, in in a box. Um, I think there's some that believe that what happened on the day of Pentecost, those different acts, those different moves, uh, the different way the Spirit of God moved then is no longer relevant or utilized today. And I would disagree as far as is that concerned. And that's what that's the difference. Mm. I believe that's the difference. I, I That makes sense to me. I like how you put it. And my wheels are spinning for our people that are listening because at Colonial, we just dove into the book of Acts this fall. Wow. And uh, we don't always do this. We don't always just work through Scripture verse by verse or chapter by chapter. But we're we're doing that the last umpteen weeks, and now we're finally stepping into chapter 7. Like, so wow. uh, don't don't tell anybody there are 28 chapters. They might, they might so freak out. So you've dealt with chapter 2 already. We dealt with chapter 2. We, we dealt with Pentecost. We talked about, even here on the podcast, uh, Brooke and I talked about where different denominations come from, different camps of the Christian yeah. church, which is hard yeah. to articulate, frankly, because there's just yeah. some different ways of looking at it, different interpretations. Um, I, man, I, I, t- I tell you one of the biggest things, there's two of the biggest things that, that, that bring up the difference in Pentecostalism. One is on the day of Pentecost, what actually happened from the tongue standpoint. And I'm sorry, but the Bible says they spoke in a known tongue. They spoke in languages. 
It wasn't unknown. It wasn't mister, mysterious. It wasn't some big, oh, you know, it wasn't, it was, it was known It was languages. languages that they, that each person already right. knew. Right, yeah. so it flipped. Well, the per I, I would say that the people in the upper room didn't know because mm. it says they spoke in a language that wasn't, wasn't connected to them. Ah. And so when they came down speaking in a language that wasn't, that was foreign to them, but it was recognized by the people that were there on for uh, for a uh, mm. festival. It was basically God flipping the script on the Tower of Babel and said, here, now the Tower of Babel stopped you from getting to me because your motive was wrong. But now let me show you how to get to me because now they need to hear my word mm. in every language. Mm. And so the second acts is, is about flipping the script so that everyone can hear the word of God. Mm. In their language, yeah. not somebody so somebody can be mysterious and feel like they really got something and super spiritual. And, yeah, exactly. And that's the misconception, and that in a lot of Pentecostal churches yeah, yeah. is that it was unknown, but it wasn't. There were known languages. They spoke in Arabic. They spoke. In <laughs> I think that means even more coming from you, a Pentecostal. You yeah, know, that's it, hel that's helpful to us to wrap our brains around. I think. It is. It is basically the Tower of Babel flipped. And God. I love that imagery. It's God just taking that. I'm tearing it down. Redeeming it completely. Yes, sir. It, that is exactly it. Yeah. I'm redeeming you back unto me, but in order to do that, I have to take away the barriers mm. that stops you from being my representative. Preach. So when we think about, uh, when you think about interpretation or interpreters, that was the first uh, uh, worship service where you had a group of interpreters ministering to a group of people so that they could hear the gospel. Mm. Wow. <laughs> That's exactly what that was. I wish everybody who was listening could see YB's face. <laughs> it's, glo Man, it's glowing I, I'm as telling he you, says this. I grew up on the mindset of it was unknown. It, it was a ooh, bah, 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 all this stuff. You know, mm. what they saying? Oh, we don't know. They just were speaking. No. they. And then when I started studying for myself, mm. it's like, um, yeah, he just wrote, he just raised his hand. By it the says way. Uh, known language, uh, <laughs> and then they also have an issue with baptism. Do we baptize the way Jesus said in Matthew twenty-eight, or do we baptize in Jesus' name? And so, when we start dealing with baptism, we're dealing with whose gospel are you following? Mm. Because when they came up to Paul or Peter talking about, I'm in John's baptism, meaning John's gospel, John's teaching. And so we mis misunderstood the why baptism is. So you have denominations, Pentecostal denominations, mm -hmm. apostolic, Jesus only. We're going to baptize in Jesus' name, Jesus only. And then you have those that, nope, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, because that's what Jesus said. But when we look at it, if we look at the understanding of baptism, baptism was what understanding are you, are you following? That's why when they came and said, hey, we only know John's baptism meaning we only know John's doctrine. Mm. And so when they baptized in Jesus' name was to bring clarity to no longer are we baptizing in different doctrines. Mm. Now we're baptizing in the name of Jesus, meaning we're giving you the understanding. So whether you fully submerge or sprinkle or dip a little bit, <laughs> that's where denominations came from. Yeah, yeah. Fighting over frivolous stuff. Yep. Tertiary doctrine. I'm done. <laughs> you, you're just representing right now because Ronnie could do it. I could do it. You put some pastors in front of some microphones, and this some of our folks are going, I'm going to listen to this at 2X, especially when Lauren starts. Um, no, I, I think, I think I hope this is helpful as, as you, as you uh, articulate 
some of the reasons behind our differences. Yes. Uh, and I hope, one of my hopes, even sitting down with you guys, is that people will go, oh, these guys have differences, and they seem to really like each other. <laughs> these, guys, these guys come at living out that faith, like you said, Ronnie, day-to-day, real yeah. life, and it probably looks a little different for each of us, and we're teaching how to do it a little differently, and yet we are, we are one body. We are united under Christ and uh, the same Holy Spirit that is in me is in you and leading us and convicting us. And so I, I go down a rabbit trail for a second. I just think in these divisive times where everybody's fighting over everything. Uh, and I know I speak for both you guys. Well, when I say, and we're just weary of it as pastors, I'm tired. uh, just <laughs> worn out by it. Yeah. It's so life giving to, I think, connect from different kinds of churches and go, Oh, Everybody else is fighting about differences, and we're just going, you guys are my brothers, you know? That's life-giving to me. Lauren, can I say something real quick? Yeah. I would say this. Um, The issue, I I don't have an issue with being the toenail to the toe because I'm all connected to the body. And I use that analogy because nobody wants to be a toenail. Nobody (laughs) wants to be a toenail. (laughs) But the truth is we're all a part of the body. Mm. And so what problem is we don't like, uh, you know, we have a problem with, where we are, when the fact is we're all supposed to be on the part of one body. And how can I be mad about you being the elbow or the skin covering the elbow? And I'm tripping because, you know, I don't like the elbow, but I'm the toenail. <laughs> That's, man. <laughs> yeah. So after living here my whole life in different churches, um, I think coming out of the last two years, either if as a pastor if if you haven't been humbled like say that it, it's about you're about to be if you haven't been and uh i think there's something really special right now where it's not about one life it's not about colonial i mean i know that churches do these things where they have yard signs that say i love my church or whatever yeah. but and that's great but Man, there's just something now where it's like we're tired and we're at this place where we're like, man, it's it's Jesus and his kingdom and we're all a part of it. Ooh, and on, for us to be, even Friday, I just spent some time just sitting and uh, not audibly, but like rest and, and just be faithful. Just be mm. faithful with with what you have, mm. um, and the the reward is great. Yeah, you just stay faithful with it. Um, but there's no, I don't know. That's just how I feel after living here my whole life. There's not a bone in me that says competition. Come on, you know that's exciting. I think we're <laughs> at least for me. I'm like, yeah. wow, past this, you know. So well, on that note, let's shift gears to us you know, dropping our flags we're trying to plant in the middle of wherever, you know, and uh, and actually partnering together like we have. Uh, really fun. Uh, for those of you that did not participate, we, we uh, all worshipped in our respective uh, places of worship today and then just encouraged our people to come to the same place, to a local grocery store over at Market Street, and uh, 
they they did a great job of getting ready for us and and I, I don't know if y'all even noticed but every cashier was was humming and and ready for us to be there that and was so helpful um i know that uh some people behind the scenes did a lot of work to get get ready for us and then we just got to collect like i said almost 500 meals i hope we hit the 500 mark and what was it like uh even just experientially for your people to to hear about the opportunity to partner with other churches, to to actually get up on a Sunday and leave the building and go do something together, Ronnie, what was it like for for One Life folks? As far as you could tell, I think our people are um, when there's a need, they'll step up, you know. And so for something like this, they're all about it. Hmm. I think being able to do this together. Um, I mean, it means something to me. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I think that they're, I think people are looking for opportunities to, how can we help people who are in need? Who is in need? Yeah. What can I do? And yeah. so today was just a great time. Uh, I mentioned to our, um, in both the gatherings this morning, I talked to a social worker from, from Kirby last week and just to hear story after story of families that are in need. Mm. Um, she even told me like this, you know, there's only been two, six weeks so far, but they started something this year after COVID where they have referrals and, um, not just like for, uh, counseling academic wise, but you know, whether there's a financial need in the home, whether it's emotional, whatever. And she said that so far in the first two, six weeks, they've had a thousand and fifty referrals. Just at Kirby Middle School. Just at Kirby. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And so I just I just think there's so much more like we haven't even scratched the surface. Mm. Um so I think but I think that's where the church comes in. That's where we're supposed to be. Yeah. So today was really good. good. Really, really good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. What about UYB? Any I know you did this for the first time with us last year. We got to partner with you again this year. Uh any any thoughts seeing your people respond or being a part of it? Yeah, I think this year was different. For yeah. us. The reason why is because we didn't last year, and I think it started with me wanting to try to, man, we got to do this many, we got to do this many, versus recognizing that it's not about how many you do it. You just have to make your numbers count. Mm. And just having the mindset, however many people we can impact, mm. that's what we'll do. And coming with that mindset, we were able to do what we could do, mm -hmm. and there are people that are saying, "Hey, I want to do more. I want to do." I was like, "Well, we pray that you get a chance. We'll see if there's an opportunity. Uh, I know there's a chance to give, you know, help to give it, hand it out. Mm -hmm. If you weren't able to purchase, if you weren't able to sow yeah. financially, but that mindset this year versus last year um, is what is what give us the peace to like, man, just." impact somebody yeah and for them it's like oh, let's rock let's rock let's roll and so that that mm. that was an awesome feeling this year just coming and being able to be a part and knowing that the little or the lot impacts somebody yeah no doubt no doubt i was thinking about that with our people today too i was thinking um i was th there were some some guests that are involved the local uh ministry and, and just don't have a lot. They're there every week. They don't. I know they don't have a lot monetarily, and I still was just, just. I was just excited because I'm like they, they can still 
connect. They can still be a part of what the, the greater church is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw other people on the other extreme that were just loading up carts and spending more money than a lot of people have, you know. Uh, I will remind our listeners, too, uh, and folks from y'all's churches, you can pass on, you know, Saturday uh, the 20th. Uh, I can't remember what time is it. I'm getting a signal here. It's at 9 o'clock, 9.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m. I believe it's going to be over here at Colonial. Uh, we're going to, our food pantry folks are going to be in the thick of it distributing these meals. And so if uh, if folks from either one of y'all's churches or any of our other listeners want to serve on the They're 20th, um, I would say contact, uh, if you want to steer them to our office, uh, we can coordinate, you know, who's going to who's gonna be there and when, how many we need, and um, and I would add this too. I found this out today to make sure I was I was accurately passing this on. If any of our listeners have somebody they specifically want to bless, like we're we're already blessing a ton of families through the food pantry specifically and and other agencies here in town. But if there's just that one family on your block or that coworker or that yeah. somebody you know that's in between jobs that just they are hurting financially in any way, and this could be such an encouragement to them, a blessing. Um, or they just, they're living, you know, with what they have, and this would be a huge blessing. Then contact Colonial's office uh, on behalf of all three of our churches and just say, I need one, you know, or I need, I need six meals or whatever, and we'll, yeah. we'll make it happen. Um, that's something that all three of our churches are excited about, I know, yes. providing. Yeah. So, well, let me finish with this. Um, you guys have, have uh, expressed... Gratitude to, to be able to serve together. Uh, Ronnie, I think you said it well. Um, there's also a, a heaviness to this time of this last couple of years and fatigue. Um, you guys have both been in this city a lot longer than me. <laughs> what is y'all's hope? I'll start with you, Ronnie. What's your hope for the church of our city Uh Bigger than one life. I, I know you think bigger. I know, I know all three of us do. What, what's your hope for the city, for the church of the city, as you think about the next uh, five, six, seven years? Honestly, uh, my hope is that right now we look at what we've walked through the last, I mean, just even this morning, I before our first gathering and I see this this mom who walked in the back of the of the auditorium and uh and I looked and I kinda and then she turned around and I just started tearing up because um mom three kids she's married um her husband's a great guy too but um she was in the hospital for over a week with COVID and um you know, I, I went back there and talked to her for a little bit and she was just tearing up and just saying how how grateful she was to be alive. Mm-hmm. And uh when you when you say that, I honestly I j I want every follower of Jesus actually their heart heavy and broken for people who don't know him. Mm. And praying and interceding um, because uh, we, we don't know how long we're all going to be here, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so th- then it's not about a certain church. It's not about any of that. It actually, uh, someone 
being a friend, listening, being with, hopefully being able to share the gospel, be a witness, mm. and then disciple someone um, and not rely on me or you or YB, um, but to take it seriously. Um, that That's really what I hope, um, mm. and that this looks more like uh, us being in people's lives, rubbing shoulders. Yeah. I think a great American once said that. Yeah. A great. Yeah. You remember that, YB? <laughs> I didn't Were you that, waiting to just that slide just, that in? No, there? that just came, that that just came a, out of nowhere. That was spirit. You, you know what? I felt that, that right there, Ronnie. Ronnie, I felt that one right that there, was, man. I don't know, really. The no. friction. Okay, no. all of our listeners have no idea what you're talking about, other than let me just say they're making fun of me. I, I really was. I mean, I wasn't, but then it just hit me. Subconsciously. And then I just started laughing because it was great. Brooke is over here making the technology happen. He doesn't have a microphone, and he is dying laughing. I thought I mean, the me. other day it was great. We filmed this video, and then at the end of it, you were just trying to end it, and you didn't know how necessarily. I didn't know how to land the plane. And then you said something about rubbing shoulders, and then... Tanner lost it. Brooke lost it. Oh my goodness, oh, guys! Shoulders. So, so what I hear you say, your hope for our city is that we would rub shoulders together. Yeah, no. My hope is, my hope is bring it back, redeem it, bring it back. Okay, bring I'm gonna back. bring it full circle. <laughs> my hope is we. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I know it's so good. My hope is. That what we just went through, that we didn't waste that. Oh, that's good. And like, you know, we weren't able to all be together, yeah, to sing together, to be together, to pray. Like, and so, like, let's, it's not about that necessarily, but like, have a relationship with somebody you work with, have a relationship with somebody that you're in class with, mm. like, show a genuine interest, um, so that you can be a witness. And um, that the discipleship part of it really is like a one-on-one thing. Like it has to come down to that. Mm. Um, it can't be about everybody, a, a mass of people listening to one person. Right. Um, right. So that's what I hope. Mm. What about you, YB? What are you, what are you hoping and dreaming for the city over the next several years? I'm hoping that the city takes the glass coverings off of each of the lights. What do you mean by that? The glass coverings off of each of the lights. Each light represents every ministry that is uh, that is represented in the city of Wichita Falls. But the issue that we have is that each one of them seems like they're glass covered, and they open up to let people in, but that's it. We are separated. They're isolated. You have one light over here, one light over there, and one light over here, and one light over here. We're trying to shine bright, but what we don't realize is the light gets brighter when it gets bigger. The way to get bigger, you get bigger by coming together. Mm-hmm. Take away mm-hmm. the glass coverings. Mm-hmm. I don't care about your denomination. I don't care about your affiliation. I don't care about mm-hmm. what skin color you have. I don't care about your style of preaching. I don't care about, you know, whether you're seminary trained or you're not, whether you just accept Jesus last week or you've been knowing him for 30 years. Mm. It's about letting our light shine that men may see our good work and glorify the Father, not to bring us glory. We've mm. been man-centered in our thinking as far as getting glory when stuff like this doesn't point to a man, points to God. Mm. 
You can't say, oh, well, one life is the one I'm going to. They fed people, so the colonial. Well, I'm going to colonial. Well, you didn't. No, I'm going to be a part of the church. Mm. And as a community, if we can get this community to be more God-focused, expressing Jesus, being the light that we say we are, and not trying to diminish yours, because you're not doing the same thing, or you don't have the same name, or you don't have the same lead. Right. No. Right. You know, why can't, and, I, and, and I'm going to name, can I name names? Am I good? I don't All right. know where you're going, but go for it. All right, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that we have to try to be like First Baptist, but I don't think we should demean them either because mm. they're so big. Just because they're the biggest church in town. Right. Yeah. yeah. They, get, the, they got a big bullseye on them for sure. Exactly. Bob, Bob and I have talked about that. For so sure. why not learn? Yeah. Why not come together as a community? All right, Bob, what do you all have in structure, in understanding, in resources that we can learn in how to utilize what we have or learn from you? So now we have a centralized understanding as a community to where now the lights are coming together and we're being, and we're spreading that light. Ooh. That's what I mean by not putting a glass covering on the light. Oh, I'm covered over here. I'm good. One life. We're over here. No, 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 no. And so what happens? No, you come to ours. Don't go to theirs. Come to ours. And so, oh, we'll let you in. We take the cover off to let people in and we close it back up hmm. and we stay within our bubbles. We stay straight within our bubbles. Yeah. I'm black. I stay with my black people. Now, just because I'm sitting here at the table and and and, and I'm, I'm black you're, you're, or I'm brown, you're, you're your peach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and and we may we may preach differently. We may you know, I sing, you know, we, we sing at our church. I, I sing it with a microphone purposely. You know. People pay me not to do <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> you know. But does that take away from anyone else's ministry? Yeah, right. We've got to come together. We've it should mm. be twenty of us. Ask the question, Lauren. Ask the question. And you may be the catalyst for this. Ask the question. How many people in this city could we feed if we had more than three churches here? Right. How, how, how would the homeless uh, population be hmm. if all the ministries got together? I think specifically, we talked about this recently around here, I, specifically that I was told, I think Brooke told us there was 400-something kids in the foster care system, mm -hmm. uh, at least as of recently, in the city, at which, which for any one church, any three, four churches, is overwhelming, like almost impossible. You get 50 churches together, you wipe that thing out. You one, wipe it out? One swoop, you know? How do you wipe out poverty? Yeah. How many churches can afford to create a living facility that is joint-based. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to be very controversial, and you already know me. I, I don't really care. I just do what I do. <laughs> if you could stop worrying about who's going to get the money, <laughs> yeah, then we can actually do real ministry mm. and everybody come together. Mm. But we have too many worried about who gets the accolades, who gets the money, and they, main, they stay in their bubble so that they can keep their accolades and keep their money. We gotta get out of the bubble. I'm done. Mm. Mm. Well, I will I will take take the ball you threw at me and run with it, whatever that cliche <laughs> is. Um, my hope is 
I, lo- I love hearing the the unique hopes you guys have. I do feel like the Lord has laid heavy on my heart and and thankfully on the heart of our leadership here that as we disciple, as we make disciples, that unifying our city is a big part of what we want to see happen. I feel so overwhelmed by that thought that it's got to be from the Lord because <laughs> there is no way any one person, any one church, any really even any handful of people or churches can make that happen. It's a God-sized dream, but um, I trust you guys know me well enough to know where my heart is when I say this. I just, without the accolades, without the, the rah-rah, I want to see weary pastors encouraged. I want to see uh, divided people find common ground in Christ. Uh, I want to see a city that's got at least 70 or 80,000 people who don't know Jesus, if not more, watch what happens when Christians unite and stop fighting and start serving and start loving. And and I'm planning on being here a long time. So my hope is even five, six, seven years from now, Specifically, I want to see something formal start to come together, some kind of partnership. Uh, however That's crazy that, that feels. or um, And it starts with, I think it starts with little things like we get some Thanksgiving meals. It starts with mm-hmm. praying together as pastors like yeah. we, we have, you know, rarely, but we've, we've kind of started baby-stepping in that, that way. And I think, to your point too, Ronnie, it takes, it takes taking advantage of hard times. I mean... Out of crisis comes crisis of faith. You know, okay, yeah. why are we doing this church thing? Yeah. What what are we what are we what are we coming together on Sundays for? We couldn't before. Why is it important? I love those questions. I think yeah. re- really good stuff comes out of it. You know, I, I think the other the part with that too for us, we, we got in conversation about this a week or so ago. But I think I'm all about having more churches. The difficult part I think for us is is if there's someone at One Life, and then they don't like something, then they can just go down the street, or across the street, yeah. or across town. Yeah. And uh, and first century that that wasn't happening. Right. You, you know, go you go to it, the church and and it's we were all you, together. You, yeah. You, you know, yeah. like we were all in this together. Yeah. Yeah. And so. I just look at it like that, and I, you know, even Paul talking about that, like, well, Paulo, that's another reason. Cephas, like, who, like, yeah, who it are you? Matter. It that, doesn't. Yeah. yeah, that's another reason why I think you and I have even enjoyed joking. If I can be, if I can, uh, oh, be like YB and just say what I'm thinking. Um, I remember you and I joking about how how cool will it be when our people realize that you and I love each other, that one life and colonial are sister churches. That we even talked about swapping pulpits, which we still haven't done. We need to talk about that again. Right. <laughs> so that some of our people that have taken their ball in a huff and gone to our respective churches right. wake up and go, "Oh, we're we're one big family." Yeah. We're, oh, we're we're on the same team. And you know, the other part for me about it is like, I don't. I just want people to like if they want to be a part of yeah. Colonial, they want to yeah. be a part of Unity, and they leave. I don't want to feel weird at the grocery store when exactly. they see me. Exactly. I just want to high you know, five them and say, say good hey, for you. Yeah. Hey, I'm great. Like yes. follow Jesus yes. till the day you die. You know, I had coffee. I, I, I got to have coffee with somebody last week who sheepishly told me they had left Colonial and they're going to and he's a friend. I call him a friend for sure. 
said they're going to uh, Lakeview Church in Iowa Park, and their kids were better connected there. It's where they live. Yeah. And I was, I think I took them off guard, uh, or is that the right way to say it? I, I, I yeah. made him off guard, whatever the cliche is, and caught him off guard. Caught him off guard. Thank you, YB. I was just trying to Good. caught him. You were just trying not to say it. I was just, you know, <laughs> trying not to rub shoulders with you on that. <laughs> There's no coming back. There's no coming back. <laughs> let me. Let but me. That's, that's go good. Ahead, you know, no, that's good. Though. I caught him off guard. I think that's. But you. I think that's our. That's on us. Yes. Oh, totally. Because like, we make got, it. We make it weird. We've got to make people. We don't model that kind of yeah. kind of cooperation and love for each other. And yeah, I believe we have to teach transition. Mm. Yeah. We do not teach proper transition, mm. which lets people know it's okay to transition. If you're not growing here, you're not good here, I'm good with you. Because sometimes in order for you to grow, you got to go. Yeah. But there's also, yeah. we, we got to help people transition well. We yeah. Do, we don't know we how help to, them. We don't know how. Pe- yeah. But how many have those, how many people, how many churches have that department yeah. or that ministry sure. in their a, a part of their church? Yeah. Transition. When you transition in, transition out. The out transition we don't have. Well, we want to transition in assimilation. Come on, we got assimilation class so you can learn what it is to be here. But how do we help somebody learn what not to be here? Mm-hmm. Because we're so we're possessive. That's what it comes down to. And we they're don't. Not, and, they're and not pe- my people. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're not your people. Right. We're possessive, and we don't help people transition to where it's okay if you're not here because we're one body. Me and him, we don't have a problem. Why are you mad? And so most people, because most people see transition as a t- uh, as out of frustration, out of right. anger, right. out of um, they're, they're, they don't like something. When they don't understand that transitions, sometimes God puts um, God-ordained conflict to push you to where you need to go. Mm-hmm. And so instead of getting mad because you had to go through the conflict, recognize that the conflict helped you to be better so that it pushed you to where you need to go. Yeah. So we got to teach him. Got to teach transition, and on that moment, on that point, I'm going to transition us out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, I love you both. I love what you guys bring to our city in your own unique ways. Uh, I I'm hope I have been half the friend to you guys <laughs> as you've been to me. Um, I want to pray for y'all, for your churches, for us. I'll be very brief, and we'll we'll end this interview. Thank you guys for your time. Thank you, Father. We just recognize you are our King. Uh, we have nothing to offer, each of the three of us, each of our churches. Uh, we have nothing to offer but you, uh, your holiness, your goodness, your love, your grace, uh, the work that you did through Jesus on our behalf, uh, the spirit uh, that empowers us to be your people. Uh, Father, we want to be one. We, wanna, we want to honor you. Uh, we want to we want to be the answer to your prayer in John 17 that we would be one that a watching world would just say wow uh, because they see you um, and so I pray that and nothing less than that for One Life Community Church uh, for Unity Church for Colonial Church uh, I pray specifically for YB and his family uh, especially as they wrestle with some transition stuff and ministry just pray for wisdom and discernment and provision. Um, just pray your richest blessings on YB. Uh, I pray the same for Ronnie uh, and his family. I pray you would be his strength as he gets tired like any pastor. I pray that you would uh, give him 
uh, eyes to see what you want him to see as he leads one life and serves there. And uh, we cry out to you for Colonial as well. Would you be, would you be the one who leads and provides and humbles us? Um, we just cry out to you for the Church of the City and pray that you would uh, do a miracle and that you would unite us and spur us on to be your faithful people. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.